And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. And it left the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Trapped, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, so. Country music and fine moonshine. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots? Ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. <laughs> One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Hey everyone, Jim here, Boots and Whiskey Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We have Waltley Dant on the show today. He is the head honcho over at Logstill Distillery over in Kentucky. We had a great time talking with him. We learned so much in this episode. We did a little bit of a whiskey tasting. We did all kinds of fun stuff. Um, Big thank you to Wally and everybody involved over at Logstill for having him get on the show. We greatly, greatly appreciate everything. Um, This is, like I said, this is a lot of fun. And uh, we got a, we had a great time. We really, really did. Um, So if you're first time here, thank you so much for tuning in. Go check us out on our socials. Um, If you've been here before, you may have, may not, may or may not have heard that we are taking a little bit of a hiatus. Um, We will be starting that, I think, based on the way the schedule works, starting in early March. Um, We are not recording any new episodes currently, and everything you're hearing for the next month has already been done well in advance. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in and all the support. It's just... It's time for us to take a little break and, um, you know, focus on some other things. So thank you again from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. Um, But without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy our conversation with Wally Dan. We want to give a big thank you to our friends over at Off the Rails here in Worcester, Massachusetts. You can find them at offtherailsworcester.com. They have a great restaurant a great music venue. They have everything you would want to feel like in Nashville right here in Central Mass. If you're ever in the area, check out the restaurant, check out the music venue. Again, offtherailsworcester.com, 90 Commercial Street, Worcester. Check them out. Hello, Wally. Hey, this is Wally Dan. How are you, man, friend? Doing all right. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. You know, just got home myself for not too long ago and you know, I'm happy to have you on the show. Well, glad to be here, Jim. Thank, thank you very much. Oh, of course, man. Of course. Well, first and foremost, <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for these samples, man. I can't wait to uh, to taste them with you right here while you're while we're while we're chatting. Okay. All right. Great. Um, Looking forward for, to it. But first, I want you to kind of you know, I want I want to you know, we're a show about you know our guest. Um, you know, it's very raw, very authentic. Um, I have no, I have nothing pre-planned for you. Um, you know, just tell your story, man. <laughs> That's it. You know, and, and I will jump in along the way because I've got questions. You know, I've got some thoughts in the brain, but I want to I first want to hear it from your 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 point of view first. Yeah, well, uh, you know, um, so, you know, ultimately where to begin, it, it you know, really begin from childbirth on i mean you know my dad you know my grandfather my great-grandfather uh those that were living at the time uh you know really 
you know, all around the, the, the liquor business, we, we grew up that way. And, you know, my grandfather retired in 1974 from, from Shenley uh, at that time. Um, and, you know, my great grandfather retired from national distillers and, you know, we certainly grew up in and around the brown water spirits industry uh, for sure. And so while um, neither of those guys owned any of the brands at that time, um, you know, or companies at that time, we we certainly, um, you know, were were raised around, you know, brown water. I mean, I, I certainly cut my teeth on. As my mom would say, you know, when I was cutting my teeth as a baby, they used to put uh, bourbon on my gums because it made me feel better. Maybe they took yeah. a shot at the same time, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and, and I did the same thing with my kids, quite frankly. Um, and uh, you know, so so we grew up around it, and and you know, my dad didn't go into the industry. Uh, he was that um, in his generation, actually almost well to the extent that Lynn is today, she's the same generation as my dad, uh, Lynn Dant is and Charles Dant, same generation as my dad. Um, we have, you know, big Catholic families. So we're spread out all over the place and generations cross each other from a, a birth date perspective. But, uh, yeah. but, you know, um, we all grew up around it and, and all of us in that, particularly in that generation of my dad's, you know, weren't back involved in the, in the in the industry and um you know we all talked about it at family reunions and you know why 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 aren't we in it and whatever happened and all of that sort of good stuff and and so um you know you know you live those things and you dream about it and think well wouldn't that be cool just to be back in it again and and so um you know i had the means through my uh, businesses that i sold on the healthcare end of things and uh, on the side of those businesses, I actually had uh, a wine and spirit store in Tennessee and also owned a distributorship in Tennessee. And so had fun, you know, on the side of my healthcare business, enjoying other things that were highly regulated, but uh, not as bad as healthcare. And um, and so through those through those businesses really said, you know, why don't why don't we try to do this ourselves again and and uh and get get into that business and so that's kind of the genesis of it Be really began in 2016 with a distributorship relationship with cave zamanian from rabbit hole and um you know back in that kentucky bourbon world and you know he, he looked at me and we you know we became really fast friends and and he goes, well, you know, Wally, why don't you do this yourself? You've got a, you know, you got a, you got a story. Here I am, you know, um, uh, you know, a, a doctor out of Chicago, and uh, you know, and and you've got a, a story. Why don't Why don't you get back into it? Uh, you know, it's about an authentic story. And so he put that little seed in the brain, and you know, lo and behold, here we are, a number of years later, and we're doing it. Wow, that's incredible. That's that's wild. So when you first decide to start this, yeah, where where were you getting your barrels? Uh, yeah. So um, 
we, uh, in 2018, I began working, you know, I, you know, as part of the distribution company, started meeting a number of Kentucky distillers and all of that. Um, and everybody talked to me about, you know, the boys at Wilderness Trail being really great resources and, um, you know, just great people. And so I approached them in 2018, started laying barrels down in 2018 with them and, um, you know, moved that forward with them until, you know, we actually got our large still up and running where we can produce them ourselves. Wow. Now, so from that time till today, how much, how much have you put out? What do you mean? Like from a barrels perspective? Yeah. Yeah. How many, how many barrels would you, you know, I don't know if you can, if you know, you know, exact or anything, but um, you know, what would you consider, how not consider, what would you say you have put out barrel wise? uh we've got close to maybe eight thousand barrels or so of our yeah. own yeah for for our own brands but you know from a production perspective we're making twenty three thousand barrels a year now ourselves uh wow. and and so we have contracts you know for the excess barrels that we don't need and so we do sell those to to other you know other distillers or non-distiller producers or um, you know, large barrel brokerage companies, things like that. Yeah, that's incredible. You've you've got a quite the quite the machine going on. <laughs> We're twenty four seven. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, for for the way you do things, in the way maybe you know other people do things, what 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 makes Log Still stand out? You know, maybe amongst the crowd. Well, you know, I, I would, I would, I would tell you this. Um, you, you know, the, the fantastic thing about it, the, our industry, is that we, we, we really get along really well, and we share information amongst each other about, you know, processes and, um, you know, just genuinely good camaraderie and and discussing, you know, kind of things that we collectively can do together. And, you know, I've never been in an industry like this. And so while there are differences in products because of the way we cook or they cook or the yeast that we use or the amount of grains that are in a particular mash bill, you know, the, the, I think the cool thing is that, um, you know, collectively as an industry, we all seem to get along pretty well. And, um, and, and so having said that, you know, I think things that make us a little unique, a little different, um, you know, we, we use our lake for all of our distillate. So anything that we make, we use, we use the lake water that's there on property. So every, every ounce of what we do is made with that lake water and we don't put it through a, um, through an RO system, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, as most distillers do today, um, you know, most of them are attached to city water and we're not. Um, we have a spring, you know, a lake that's fed by six springs. And so that natural minerality that you get from limestone, we think, you know, shows up in, uh, in our bourbons and our whiskeys. And so 
you know, there, there's one aspect that, you know, might be a little bit different from some of the others. Not, not saying that they don't use some of that, but, you know, when you're really a large producer, a 12 acre lake, you know, wouldn't even hold the, the amount of water needed to make a week's worth of bourbon and with some of these guys. Right. And so, and, you know, and that, and, you know, when Kentucky bourbon became Kentucky bourbon, everybody said, Hey, it's, it's the water, right. It's the limestone minerality that you get out of, out of that aquifer uh, that makes the difference. Um, And, and water does, you know, we think water does make uh, a difference in terms of flavor profile. Um, And so, you know, we're pretty proud of kind of what we've done. We, we basically tried to replicate what the old distillery did on our site. So our site from a distillery perspective has been distilling bourbon, you know, from the 1860s all the way through 1962 when it was shut down. And then, uh, you know, we kind of revived it and remade it into, into, you know, log still today. And we began that process and, you know, earnest in earnest in 2019 and, you know, construction in 2020. And, um, you know, so we're, we're, we're really proud of our old distillery and, you know, what it means for, um, you know, me and, and Lynn and Charles. Now from, you know, from the distilling aspect and the recipe and all that is, is the recipe you use anywhere close to, or exactly what it was when the old distillery was, up and running? Um, no, we haven't. We haven't used those uh, recipes. You know, we've we've kind of tried to chart our own course. Um, sure. And and while we have, you know, our our grand uh, great grandfather's um, recipes, Will Dance, uh, you know, from his journals, Lynn has those uh, original journals that he 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 wrote in. Um, we haven't we haven't. Uh, gone along those lines has there been talk about possibly doing that down the road like as like a specialty sort of thing oh yeah no no lynn uh, lynn will be um you know pulling out will's uh recipes and and creating um those as best as she possibly can that's awesome that's really cool yeah that's really really cool um so from what you have out now um you know your offerings now you have Rattle and Snape, and then you have Monk's Road. Yep. You want to, can you um, talk to us a little bit about, you know, how those are different, why those are different, um, you know, maybe a little little backstory about each of those? <clears throat> yeah, I'll start with uh, a little bit with Rattle and Snap. And, um... yeah, oh my God, I am, you want to know what? It has been such a long day. I literally, <laughs> like, my brain, I, you know, it, it, it may, or maybe it's the fact that my kids have been listening or watching Harry Potter for the last, like, six <laughs> right. right, right, uh, Professor oh, Snape, my, right? Yeah. God, I am so sorry. Like, my, like, literally, like, I knew it was Rattle and Snap, and I, I don't even know why. <laughs> and I'm not even drinking yet, Wally. Yeah, well, that? there you go. I think I think this this is your first uh, this is your first clue to start getting something. In I guess time. so. I guess I gotta you know I gotta turn the TV off and just start pouring. Yeah. So uh, rattle and snap is our line of Tennessee whiskeys. So um, you know it it really pays uh, a, 
I'd lived in Tennessee for 22 years and uh, really, really became fond of the state. Uh, in fact, almost all of my kids, um, all six of my kids uh, live in Tennessee with the exception of my oldest, who's in South Carolina. And, um, and so, you know, Tennessee makes some great, uh, you know, bourbons and whiskeys. And uh, so this was my shout out to them to, um, you know, create a, a Tennessee whiskey that, you know, a Kentucky distiller, um, you know, can really be proud. With keeping that Central Mass vibe going, we have to thank our friends over at the DCU Center. Again, here in Worcester, dcucenter.com. They are the premier venue here in Central Massachusetts. They are a mid-size arena. They're the home of the Worcester Railers, the Massachusetts Pirates, numerous concerts, numerous events. Check them out, dcucenter.com. They are at 50 Foster Street right here in Worcester. Cheers. And so Rattle and Snap is actually a pre-Civil War game of chance where, where at the time you used to take dried out beans, you know, uh, like, uh, you know, green beans that you plant, you know, those seeds and rattle them, rattle them around in your, your hand and then snap your wrist. And so it was like a game of craps, except played with dried out beans. And so um, and so we wanted something that was authentic to Tennessee to name our brand after. And um, and so there was a, a, a some land in Tennessee that was lost in a game of rattle and snap from the then governor of North Carolina to a guy that uh, won the land in Tennessee. And so uh, you know, when we, we, we try to think of our brands as a, as a sense of place, right? We want you to think yeah. of it as a sense of place and uh, honor. And, uh, and so that's why we call our Tennessee whiskey uh, Rattle and Snap. And not Rattle and Snape. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Definitely not. <laughs> no, no, you know, I, I've kind of always, um, you know, I, I'm not, you know, the whiskey or bourbon connoisseur like you see a lot of other people on, you know, TikTok or Instagram or Facebook or where, wherever it is, right? Um, I kind of pride myself on being the kind of whiskey bourbon drinker that it's like, hmm, this is good. This is why. This isn't good. This is why. You know right. what I mean? Like to it to, to my own personal self. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know pretending like I have no clue in the world. Um, how is it that log still can produce and label rattle and snap as a Tennessee whiskey out of Kentucky? Well, uh, we can't. So, so what we do is we actually work with a distillery here in Tennessee who actually makes rattle and snap for us. Okay. So by definition, for to have a Tennessee whiskey, it needs to be a few different things. One, manufactured in Tennessee. Two, goes through the Lincoln County process. And then three, at it gets aged at least one year in Tennessee before those barrels could be moved elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Um, I, can, I can hear like the whiskey connoisseurs screaming at this episode right now for me even asking that, but that's more for, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, as, as I call them the, you know, the whiskey snobs of, 
of the world. Right. Um, you know, but I, I try to, you know, this is a working man's kind of show. You know, I try to make it as simple <laughs> as I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, um, you know, and and it's a it's it, it, without the Lincoln County process. Uh, you, you know, you could refer to this as a bourbon, because if you look yeah. at how it's done, you know, it's at least 51 percent corn. It's it's put in a new charred oak barrel. Um, and you know, that by definition, you know, meets, meets kind of the, and now there's other things, but you know, then it's put into barrel at less than 125 proof, but you know, those are the things that you would look for that would say, Hey, this is a bourbon whiskey. And, you know, in, in essence, without that, without that, uh, charcoal filtering that goes on that sugar maple charcoal filtering. Um, you know, you could, you could call it a bourbon. Yeah. You know, I'm in my time of doing this and really getting into it, you know, Tennessee whiskeys have been, you know, some of my favorites, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I love that you brought up the, you know, the bourbon aspect of it because it's like, it's what you hear all the time, right. Especially, you know, when you get to the big guns like Jack Daniels, you know, and how, how everybody is like, well, it's really a bourbon and, you know, you know, all this stuff, you know, you hear it all the time. Um, and it's always a very interesting discussion, you know, but especially amongst the people that, you know, know it all, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I've, I've found, right, um, outside of Kentucky and Tennessee, you have a rivalry about who makes the best bourbons and or whiskeys. Most Americans outside of these two states would go, uh, okay, it's either bourbon or whiskey, depending on what state you're in. Right. And then they say whether I like it or not, (laughs) do I like it or not? Right. Right. They don't get so, they don't get so hung, so hung up on the fact that it's a Tennessee whiskey versus a Kentucky bourbon. Right. Right. Exactly. Now, can you, uh, I don't know what, what you, what the, um, the agreement is, but do you, can you tell us who is producing rattle and step? I can't because that's a confidentiality okay. thing. I can that's tell fine. you that I, th- I can tell you that it's done in in uh, Central Tennessee, so <laughs> or what they call here in Tennessee we call it Middle Tennessee. So how yeah. that? That's fine. That's perfect. That's actually, I think this may be the second largest producer now in Tennessee of Tennessee whiskey, and nobody knows them. So fair enough. Fair enough. All right, so I've got this open. I'm gonna uh, do a little pour, and then we'll we'll get into the monks. Okay. All right. This is the first time I'm having this, Wally. So, is it? All right. Yep. It is, and um, you know, so a big reason why I kind of um reached out and looked into this is yeah. a, is a few few different reasons. One, um, you know, we do a lot of country shows and cover a lot of country concerts. Right. And we were seeing Cole Swindell and his um, merch guy had a rattle and snap t-shirt on. Oh, okay. okay. And, and being, being, you know, I love to find new stuff and things I hadn't heard about. Right. And this was one of the ones I hadn't really heard about. Um, so I went dig in and, you know, I was like, I'm very interested in what, what it was all about. And, you know, your team has been, fantastic and you know very very helpful and very communicative and it's been you know great to work with you guys so i i want to just thank you for that you know as a as an aside 
Yeah, yeah, no, a coal opened the season for us in 2022. And, um, <clears throat> uh, you know, he, he and his crew were were great. It was right after, uh, basically right after Derby. And, um, I mean, that was a, a fantastic night for us. You know, the thing that we've tried to do with um, our, our amphitheater, because you mentioned it, right, is really match match entertainment world-class entertainment you know with with our our bourbons and our whiskeys and that whole experience that you necessarily experience at a distillery and you know be the you know ultimately kind of be that first um resort uh distillery destination uh in the land and uh you know that's that was kind of our goal from the beginning is you know, when you say, you know, if you look on the side of that rattle and snap bottle, it says, you know, make your own luck, right? And, um, and that's really what we are doing is, you know, we've, we're taking chances and dreaming big in Kentucky uh, about what we can do and what we can bring to the bourbon industry and the, the bourbon trail and, and really hopefully creating uh, and lifting all boats in that process where, you know, people want to come to Kentucky and see our place and then they'll go to ultimately go to Maker's Mark or go to Jim Beam or go to Limestone Branch or Preservation or any of the other distilleries that are around us and and go, wow, this this is an experience that I haven't had anywhere else. And, you know, I want to I want to and I want to come back because I didn't get to experience it all. Right. And that's right. That's the that's the the beauty I think to what we've created. Hopefully, is that when people come, they go, "Well, I didn't get a chance to ride the train into the distillery, or I didn't get a chance to stay at their bed and breakfast, you know, six bed and breakfast that they have on campus there, or you know, uh, or you know, go to an event in in our indoor um, event center, and or or go to the amphitheater and see Cole Swindell or." Lee Bryce or, um, you know, whoever else is, uh, coming this year, Travis Tritt. So. Wow. That's now. So the amphitheater was that some, how long has that been open? We opened that. So we opened the tasting, you know, first tasting room we opened in May of 21 and, uh, through two months later in July of 21, we opened the amphitheater. So it's a 2300 seat amphitheater. And uh, it sits in the back, basically, of our tasting room. The stage is, is um, you know, down below, and it kind of backs into our old distillery ruins. Um, and, you know, it's a – and the, then you're looking up at the tasting room and the new distillery and, you know, a big storage and entertainment, private dining space that we're creating. And, you know, it's just a cool – cool place uh you know the artists love to hang out there quite frankly because they've got cool they got a pretty cool ass green room that they can stay in um and you know it's just when they come out and you you're you're in massachusetts right you're in worcester right yeah i'm I'm just south of worcester yeah yeah okay and um and so you know when you can go to these places whether it's in in mass or elsewhere and you're kind of out in the middle of nowhere and you go look at all the beauty that surrounds you that's kind of the way it is where we are 
and you know you think you're going out in the middle of nowhere and then all of a sudden you you, you come upon our 350 acres out there and you go wow this is what god helped create and yeah. you know we're just accenting around it right damn yeah i mean and you know i i i say it all the time you know i say it to my wife i'm like i want i need to do you know the bourbon trail one of these days you know that's like a bucket list thing and you know just to see it just to see everything that's out there and you know and and just try different things and you know see a different way of life you know because it's it's definitely different i'm sure from living here you know <laughs> right right you know new england is very unique for a, <laughs> for a lot of reasons for a lot of reasons oh yeah 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 we are we are our own breed that's, that's for sure um but yeah so all right let's let's try this out here Damn, it's good. <laughs> not yet. 90, 94 proof, right? And yeah. That, it's aged. Uh, it's about four years, three, three, four months in barrel. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very good. Very, very good. You know, it's, it's got all those distinctive, you know, Tennessee whiskey flavors and tastes. You know, it's, it's very... You know, uh, and, 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 you know, for me, it's like, this is like one of my daily go-tos, um, quite frankly. If I'm going to have a daily go-to, it's usually this one uh, that you're tasting right now. And it, it just how smooth it is, how nice a profile it is, or you've got that nice corn sweetness that I think comes yeah. through with that. And you get a lot of those vanillas and caramels with it. And then... And then that you know, there's a nice residual back end on it that I think is is pretty special, and um, it it just hits all my for me right. It hits all of my my flavor nice profiles. I can drink it neat. I can drink it over the rocks, and it costs you know uh, suggested retail I think is like thirty eight ninety nine, and so you know we're not. This is what I would call, you, you know, your everyday sort of whiskey that you can feel good about buying and doing whatever you want with it. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's definitely, you know, for me, I like my Tennessee whiskeys, you know, neat. I really do. Now we're going to thank our friends on the North Shore, the Porch Southern Fair and Juke Joint, our buddy Jonathan Post is the head chef and owner of The Porch. They are at 175 Rivers Edge Drive, right in Medford, Massachusetts. Don't want to miss this place. They have some of the best food in the region. Jonathan has brought his Nashville roots here to New England with the food, with the hospitality, and most of all, the music. Check them out, theporchsouthern.com. You're a busy guy. I mean, you're... I mean, hell, you're running, you know, a distillery, for God's sake. And an amphitheater and a hotel. Right. I am lodging and an event center. Right, right, right. You know, it's, it's a, uh, you know, it's pretty multifaceted. And, and uh, sometimes I think to myself, what, what did you do and why did you do it? And then there, <laughs> other, then there are other days you go, I know why I did that. And it's really working yeah. out, right? So. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure everyone has, a, has has those stories. That's for sure. 
Oh uh, yeah. Yep. A hundred percent. But yeah, this, this rattle and snap is, is fantastic. I, this is, you know, it's, it's ranking up there with the, um, the other Tennessee whiskeys that I've really enjoyed that I've had. All right. Great. Um, you know, we actually have a, an eight year old, same mash bill, same expression. Um, I actually got those barrels from the same guys uh, when I had my Tennessee dis- distribution company. Never did anything with them, and um, and so it's it's a really cool to see the difference between you know the, the age of four more years on, on that on that whiskey and how it you know it changes over the course of time. So it's that's a pretty cool. Uh, cool expression as well yeah yeah i would love to try the eight the eight looked i love you know just the way you package it uh-huh. is is great yeah you know these, these bottles are pretty pretty interesting yeah um so yeah so yeah this one's great now tell us about uh monk's road and everything behind that yeah so um again you know when i told you about that sense of place um there's actually a road called monk's road that leads to uh, our distillery and it runs uh, right by a, um, a monastery, kind of the, the oldest continuous operating monastery in the United States is located about a mile away from our distillery. And, um, and so when I was looking for a name, I thought, well, you know, and looking at, at all of the things that we have there from a historical perspective, you know, just thinking about you know, what would be a cool name on a bourbon bottle. It, it looked pretty cool to me. The other side of that is, is that, um, that the, our family donated the original land that that monastery sits on. They actually gave it to a, a group of sisters back in the 1820 timeframe to build a girl school. Um, because they just didn't feel their daughters were, you know, most, most women weren't, educated back, you know, back in those days. Right. And so they wanted to, to do that and uh, have a girl school built, which was done. And, um, and so that original land, actually the sisters then gave to the, the to the, the, the Trappist um, order and, uh, and then they built their monastery. And so again, when you're, you kind of look for that sense of place, it's got that sense of place and yet, you know, it's intertwined with, our family and our history over, over over 200 years in, 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 uh, in central Kentucky. And so in that particular area itself. And so it was, you know, a kind of a cool way to pay homage to, to that history, to our faith. You know, we, we grew up, uh, Catholic and, uh, you know, still practicing Catholic today. And my dad actually, once he retired from, uh, from his career with UPS, uh, he actually became a priest after my mom passed away. And so, uh, you know, it was a way to, to honor him as well, um, you know, with, you know, kind of that um, Monk's Road um, religious uh, and faith bent to it. Wow. That's that's a cool story, too. You know, it's it's funny. You know, I talk to people, you know, as, as I'm sure you do, you know, from all over the country, right? Mm-hmm. And... You know, a lot of people from Kentucky, Tennessee, Texas, you know, the whole nine yards and, um, you know, being being a New Englander and from Massachusetts and, uh, you know, we have a huge Irish Catholic mm-hmm. you know, population around here. 
Um, it's interesting to hear about your Catholicism because I don't ever hear about it when I get once I get south of the Mason Dixon line. <laughs> Do you know? I'm going to give you this little fact. Third diocese in the United States was Bardstown, Kentucky. Really? Yes. No kidding. Yep. Huh. That's actually, that's a cool factoid. Yeah. So, um, you know, Maryland, right? Most Catholics settled in Maryland originally. Uh, the yep. originals back in the late or in the 1700s from England. And our family was one of those. And, um, and then Maryland didn't quite become what they thought it was going to be. And a whole host of Catholics moved into what was then Western Virginia, uh, which eventually became the state of Kentucky. And, um, and so a whole host of them went to that middle part of the central Kentucky, Barstown, and settled wow. there. And so, the, again, the you know, third diocese in the United States was actually in, in Barstown, which, you know, a lot of people go. And then when you go outside of, you know, kind of from Louisville all the way through, through the, the Barstown area, it's, it's pretty Catholic. And then you get out, get to the outskirts of the state. And then, you know, they've never heard of Catholics and it's all Baptists, and yeah. <laughs> other, 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 other Christian denominations. But it's, it's a, it's a, a, a you know, every town in central Kentucky at one point in time in that area all had a Catholic church. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because, you know, the town I live in, um, or the town I grew up in, the area is really where the Industrial Revolution began. It wasn't really in Lowell, even though that's what everybody is taught in school. Yeah. Um, so, you know, around here, it, it's old mills. It's, you know, it, it's Industrial Revolution era. Industrial Revolution uh, mills and, you know, the houses are still here. And because of the way those these towns were set up and they were all mill towns. Everything was so close. And there's, I can't tell you, there's like a, almost a Catholic church on every street corner. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, because, because the way the, the villages were set up. Yeah. Oh yeah. And um, you know, we have Catholic churches around here, like Dunkin' Donuts. It's like, it's, it's like, if, if you miss one, don't worry. There's a couple of blocks down. There'll be another And one. down the road. Right. Right. And then yeah, they, I'm sure at one point in time, there was an, and Irish and Italian and, oh, yeah. and all those, right? Yep. Yep. It was, it's, it's wild. You know, my wife is from Boston. You know, she, she grew up and lived her whole life there before coming out to the, to the sticks and, you know, very Irish Catholic, you know, she has 800 people in her family and, you know, it's, it's just wild. It's just, and it's cool to hear, you know, a, the same sort of life, um, you know, not here. That's, that's, that's really neat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So we got the, the monks road. We have the, we have the weeded bourbon, um, the small batch here. So, and this one is 94 proof. <clears throat> yep. 94 proof. And so, you know, our DSP is 47, right? So yep. if you double 47, you get 94, right? Yeah. So I mean, I'm not a math guy, Wally. So. <laughs> I mean, well, it's, I, it's a little Easter egg that kind of pays <laughs> it, it pays homage to our DSP number, which as um, you know, <laughs> and the government gave us back 
our old distillery number, which was pretty cool. And so we're really, that's why you see 47 displayed on, you know, kind of the middle of that bottle. And, um, you know, it's just a cool little thing that, again, we can, we can pay um, honor to. Oh, that's smooth. Yeah, yeah, that, that. That that one is a, a fan favorite. I can tell you that much. Yeah, you know it, and you know it, it's smooth and it you know it kicks you in the back end. Uh huh. But there's no burn. You know, there's there's nothing. Okay. I mean, I don't I don't feel a burn. You know, or maybe it's just because I'm. Yeah, you don't you don't know. It's it's. Uh, I mean, you get a little. Uh, surprisingly, I get a little spice on the back end, but I don't get a. I don't get that. You know, I don't get a. Uh, a big Kentucky, I get a little bit of a, what they call a Kentucky hug, but it's, 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 this one is a fan favorite. This one, you know, is again, it's around $48 on the shelf. Um, and, and it's four, four years old. And it is, it's, it's a pretty cool expression for a, a weeded bourbon that you yeah. know, a lot of people have really kind of dug into. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I famously say on this show all the time, I'm not I'm not the biggest bourbon fan in the world. Right. Mm -hmm. But I I've come to appreciate it a lot more over the last couple of years. Um, and I'm you know, I've done I've tried the weeded stuff that are, that's out there. But this is this might be the best weeded um, bourbon I've ever had. Well, that's a, that's a something. I'll, I'll take that one. <laughs> You know, Clay Walker, Clay Walker's a big fan of, of this. He's been to our, our place a couple of different times at the amp. And, you know, that boy brings out our bourbon on stage and he just, he, he can't get enough of it when he's there. So it's, it's just yeah. really cool, cool thing to see, you know, when, when those guys actually start endorsing, you know, kind of what you had, we actually had, uh, Oh, uh, for goodness sakes, I'll have to remember their names now. It was a, um, was a, a rap uh, rap band and uh, <laughs> they brought it out and they started sharing with the audience. It was, it was, uh, it was pretty cool. That's awesome. I love that. I love when, I love when artists do that. Um, but yeah, this is, this is really good too. So what about the other, you know, the Kentucky straight bourbon that you have? Uh -huh. um, yeah. So we, yeah, so we've got it. We've got an eight year old uh, Kentucky straight uh, out there it is actually the the latest one that we put out um it's called it's called the fifth district series yep and um that one is a a, a limited line of a series of, of limited expressions that we'll bring out uh, this is our second one that we brought out and um so that one is an eight-year-old finished in a toasted barrel um and and you know, one of the things I, I I looked at Lynn on when we were we were we were doing it was why do we want to take our eight year old and and put a put it into a new toasted uh, barrel? And she goes because uh, I think it'll be good. And I said, all right, let's try it. And uh, and she hit it on the mark. She really did a fantastic job with it. It's uh, you know what that what that toasting does it brings out the it enhances kind of the vanillas and, and caramels that you would get in a in a new make um 
yet you've got that age on that eight-year-old. And so what you got to be careful of, and she's done a fantastic job with this, is is really kind of making sure that that new barrel that we put it in, that toasted barrel we put it in, doesn't begin to put in some of the, what I call the greenness of a new barrel back into your aged eight-year-old. And she, she, she did a great balance with that, um, I think. And so, you know, it's a pretty cool, cool expression. We've actually won some, you know, recent awards with that with John Barleycorn and uh, Fred Minnick. We were number 41 or 42 in his top 100 list. Um, and so, you know, it was a, it was pretty cool to to see folks really go, wow, this is this is a, a really great, great bourbon. Yeah, it's it looks good. You know, I just just by like reading some of the description and, you know, knowing other people that have had it, you know, they I've heard nothing but rave reviews about it. Yeah, that, that one that you you just tasted, we actually won. Um, there's a, a, a bourbon and beyond in Louisville, which is, uh, you know, a number of artists, numbers, different stages for three days, uh, three or four days. And it's a music festival called Bourbon and Beyond. And um, and so we were actually awarded the People's Choice Award, the Fred Minnick uh, Ascot Award for People's Choice on the one you just tasted. So not only did you, not only did you like it, everybody there liked it so i guess so right uh, what a, i would what a jerk i would have been I'd be like oh this sucks <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome congratulations on that yeah no i gotta ask because i'm curious how many times did you guys screw up before you figured it out um so I think I would be totally remiss if I didn't mention our friends over at 10thwhiskey.com. That's 10th Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company. They're out of Vail, Colorado. Great, great friends of ours. We, um, we don't like bourbon here at the Boots and Whiskey Podcast, and they make the absolute best bourbon I've ever tasted in my entire life. And I'm not saying that because they've been great to us. They have the best bourbon, the best rye I've ever tasted in my entire life. So check them out. 10thwhiskey.com. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey podcast sent you. Cheers. You know, we, we, we've been pretty fortunate with help, right? So when, you know, when you're working with like Pat and Shane, um, over at, at Wilderness Trail, when we started, they were they were great consultants for us, with us, as we went through this process with them. Um, the guys in Tennessee were great with us as well. And so, you know, in their hands, um, it, it was easy to work with and, you know, quote unquote, not screw it up. Now, <clears throat> you know, the, the gins. You know, we've got a gen line um, that's easy to screw up. And so, you know, we went through a number of different iterations to get to the expressions that we we wanted. But the nice thing with gin as opposed to bourbon uh, or whiskey is that, you know, when I make when you make gin, you, as soon as you make it, you can taste it and know what it's know, know what you right. did. Well, right. with, the, with these bourbons and or whiskeys, you're just kind of in a wait and see mode. And so while you can taste the you know, the white dog that comes off the line and then you can sample a year in or two years in or three years in, 
you're you're really <laughs> in some respect you're just praying and hoping oh please you know well, I, I like the white dog that went into it um uh, make sure that barrel does what mother nature does with barrels and make it make it come out right and you know knock on wood we've you know, we've been very fortunate very blessed um and you know we feel feel really fortunate about that now lynn has a lot of fun over there on our we got a little mini still about a 50 gallon hybrid pot still that we actually um use in our tasting room area and you know she can experiment on on in and around there and so you know it's it's really cool to taste things and go okay well here's here's something that i do and i'll tweak it and then if you if you really like it enough then you can bring it up to the big production facility where you know you know we we run the big runs where you know god forbid we never never screw up anything yeah no that's that's awesome that's really cool um you know after after bourbon and whiskey you know gin is my next uh favorite <laughs> spirit uh-huh. um maybe to a maybe to a little maybe to a fault um but yeah because i i'm looking at this um this barrel aged gin that you have on your uh your website as we're talking and that that looks fantastic yeah it's uh that is a really cool one we don't you actually between the two gins that we do do we actually have a different botanical mix between the two and so with that barrel finished gin that we have you know i really wanted to make sure that it married up well with our bourbon barrels because we use our bourbon barrels we actually use our weeded bourbon barrels to barrel finish that that gin and so we you know we took cranberry coriander and um some other things because i thought i thought those flavors those spices and or berries would bring out um you know unique flavor profile and meld pretty well with that bourbon barrel sure and um you know knock on a lot of wood we 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 really did well with that um and you know, again, that was a John Barleycorn uh, award winner, a gold medal yeah. from John Barleycorn award. Yeah. So, how long do you let it sit in the barrel before you before you bottle it? Six months. Oh, okay. Now, is that was that also a trial and error kind of thing? Uh, yeah, it is um, because what we were looking for is, you know, in particular, we wanted to introduce folks that may not like gin into the gin category right sure. and and so a lot of people get turned off by your traditional uh, london dry gins because of the high juniper content mm-hmm. and um and so in this in this botanical mix that we did um i wanted to take some of that out as a variable and so when you when you let it rest in that bourbon barrel for six months what it does it really softens that uh, uh, what maybe some people say a harsh juniper uh, profile and it just softens it out adds creaminess to it you get a lot of residual sugars that come in from the barrel and it's and yet you still get the gin coming through because we didn't want to have the barrel overpower it because I want it it's a gin and I want it to taste like a gin and yet it just adds a different level of complexity to it that I think is, you know, pretty unique. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, 
that juniper taste, I know for a lot of people is, you know, it's too much, yeah. right? Yeah. As you said, and I was, I was curious and you had mentioned it about that softening. Um, I can only imagine, you know, I'm a big like um, gin and tonic guy, uh -huh. you know, um, and I bet that pairs well with those with that oh yeah yeah for sure yeah yeah well man wally this is this has been fascinating i really i honest to god i i appreciate you know you getting in depth with all of this and, yeah sure you know kind of teaching us all and you know i i love learning you know i'm a you know i have a history degree so i love the story mm -hmm. you know the the back story and um you know how you got to the product you know the product is the product right, right. it is what it is yep. but i love i love the story and you guys have a great story and it's it's fascinating well we're you know we're we're we're, we're you know ultimately you got to keep evolving and um you know that's what our industry is doing that's what we're doing and uh you know the the cool thing is you you because you said you're a big country music person we do a, a number of big old shows down here uh every year down at the amphitheater and when you can marry up you know our uh our historic distillery with our our spirits and sit back in that padded chair in that amphitheater and watch brothers osborne in the rain and not even know it's raining um you know those those are the the cool moments that that you know you see happening there uh every every season and it's just it's really uh it's 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 really cool because that's you've you've created a great memory and those memories last for a lifetime and and when you can yeah. do that that those that's what really matters yeah well i mean i you know not for nothing you sold me on taking a trip <laughs> all right well good i, I mean one of these days it's it's gonna happen so i might as well, well you need you need to let me know when you're coming then i definitely will i definitely definitely will um so we have kind of a tradition here at the boots and whiskey podcast where at the end of each uh conversation i like to ask my guests about their their boots of choice and their whiskey of choice now i don't want you to tell me rattle and rattle and snap or monk's road okay i know this might be tough so take yourself out of this world wally uh -huh. what would your next go-to whiskey or bourbon or rye you know I, i'm uh, i've always been a fan of um you know there's a uh, there's always a couple of them um you know i started my career at brown foreman uh a long time ago and so i've always been fond of of their products and i think what they've done with the old forester line is pretty cool um so i always got to give a shout out to them and then and then from a just a uniqueness perspective four roses does a great job with their mash bills and their yeast strains and they got to hand it out to jim rutledge and brent elliott for you know creating something um with that brand that used to be you know a bottom shelf sort of thing before they got a hold of it and uh yeah. and so you know those those two in particular uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give a shout out to now. All right. So being in the industry, right. Mm -hmm. And again, take, take your, try to take yourself out of this. Do you see any, you know, maybe newer distilleries or newer options out there that you think are going to be, you know, 
that you can see growing and being, you know, a household name? Well, uh, I mean, well, I mean, you look at what what Kabe did with Rabbit Hole and, you know, he eventually um, partnered with Pernod on kind of what they're doing. I think Kabe um, really took a different angle at um, at the industry and 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 deservedly so he's 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 done really well with you know kind of that that brand and what he's been able to do with it and you know having a large partner like that certainly doesn't uh doesn't hurt either um right. so he's, he's done a great job I, I you know my one of my quote-unquote distant cousins um paul and steve beam who were at limestone branch you know did the same thing with um with Lux Row and, and, and MGP now. Um, and, and, you know, they, they they really do, you know, some cool stuff down there and it's just a cool place to visit um, as well. So, you know, so you, I, I, I give shout outs to, to those, those two um, new riff, I think is an, I don't know if you've ever tried any of, of Ken's products, um, but he's out of Northern Kentucky right there across this uh, Ohio river from Cincinnati and um you know i i like what what ken's doing he's he's not afraid to experiment he's doing some cool things i think um there and you know he's he's another one that i i would be on the certainly on the lookout lookout for yeah well you know like like i said and i i only ask because we're you know we're always looking for you know people that come come in tell their story yeah. right yeah um and and i so i appreciate that i appreciate your honesty and your candor with that sure um now what about boots do you wear boots do you like cowboy boots or are you you know a different kind of footwear <laughs> kind of person? <laughs> so i i do wear boots uh every once in a while i used to wear them more often when i lived in tennessee quite frankly than i do uh kentucky but um oh uh, if I remember the name of these guys, um, I don't know. I had bought some pretty cool, I think it was Luke Casey's that I bought um, that are probably, ooh, I'm starting to date myself now, probably 10, 12 years old. So I've gone through a few different uh, resoles on it, but they yeah. are the coolest thing just because it's pretty, you know, they're just, they're pretty unique, right? And so the, each one of them is just, you know, different expression. And uh, so it, uh, that's one of them. And then I think like an everyday when I have an uh, what Ariat, um, you know, kind of a black boot. And and so uh, all of them are pointed toes. So I don't do the squared toes in the front. That way, if I get in trouble, it is going up somebody's ass. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, my, it's funny because my... um. Both of my pairs of boots that I have, I have two. I only have two. I have a pair of Ariats and then I have a, a pair of Dixons out of Texas. Uh -huh. that are, they they make me a lot taller than I am, so my wife likes them a lot. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but I had to like relearn how to walk in those ones, uh -huh. um, so I, I don't wear them as often as I would like to. <laughs> um, you know, those are you know those are like a, those are really kind of a, an expensive pair, so I kind of only wear them when I. When I go out, nice. Um, but yeah, it's uh, all of mine are square toe, and I, I don't know why. I think that just that's just how it was. 
All right. You know? All right. Well, great. Well, well, I, I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate you coming on and, and telling the stories of your distillery and everything you've got going on. I, I look forward to you, you know, being able, being distributed up here in, in Massachusetts. And as soon as that happens, I swear to God, I'm getting everything. Okay. Well, you can actually go. Uh, I've got to remember whether mass allows, uh, shipments in or not i know you know we're with bourbon outfitters and um there's 40 states that they can go to and i can't remember if mass allows that to, to come in or not so if if well i mean i i got your samples so all right well then good <laughs> so i guess i guess we're good all right awesome awesome well then i again i thank you so much for your time and um, really digging in and you know i really your your time is so appreciated i just want you to know i i just just know that i thank you so much okay well jim i appreciate it appreciate the time all right, well, thanks buddy all right take care bye-bye well there you have it everyone our conversation with wally wally thank you again so much for coming on and and shooting the breeze with us. We had a great, great time. We're very, very knowledgeable about everything in this episode. Like a lot of stuff here. And I'm 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 psyched that we got to learn it. And um, you know, I I hope that one day we can get out to Kentucky and see a show at the amp and you know, do the whole thing. It would be it'd be a lot of fun. Um, you know, like I said, thank you guys so much for the support. And um, you know, it's really it's really not lost on me. I, 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 I'm going to miss doing this. Um, but like I said at the beginning of the show, it's, it needs to happen. I can't, you know, I'm, I got to, I'm burning at too many ends. Um, but thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Um, I hope you come, tune in next week. We have two more episodes coming your way and we will have two more and two more and two more until they're all done. So thank you guys so much. Um, you know, like you can tell here, we just, we talk about real things. You know, we got real people, real stories, real country here at the Boots and Whiskey podcast. Until next time, guys, thank you so much. Keep those boots on the ground and the whiskey in the glass. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you next Tuesday. Good night.